Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. Good week, huh? Bad week? Indifferent? Well, look, just forget about all that for now. Grab your brew, put your feet up, do whatever you're doing, and focus on this, because it's episode 35 of the Two Shot Podcast, and this week we are joined by the Bard of Barnsley himself, that no one's calling him that. It's Mr. Sean Dooley. Um, myself and producer Griff, we travelled to London. We met up with Sean in Maison Bateau. Big shout out to Tanya Wade for letting us use her space in her glorious French patisserie. If you haven't been, get yourself down to Greek Street. Tell them Craig sent you. Stuff a croissant on your face and have a brew there. It's a beautiful place to relax and people watch. So, there's one thing I've got to tell you. It's about Bath Festival. Are you coming to the Two Shot Podcast live at Bath Festival. Just Google bathfestivals.org, Two Shot Podcast, get your tickets. And if you stick around at the end, I'm going to tell you the two guests that are joining us in Bath. It's very exciting. Enough of that. Let's get down to this. It's episode 35 with Mr. Sean Dooley. Enjoy. To my shame, I don't think I've ever been, or I've certainly got no recollection of ever being in Barnsley. Have you not? No, I don't think so. Wow, and we're I've been to we're Blackpool so many times. I'm so sorry. Like for every that. year, club trip, every single club year. Trip, what's a cl- what club trip? Club trip. Um, with football or? No, no, we're a working men's club. So right. a club trip, you'd put in money every week, and then uh, um, once a year, you'd go on, a, on the club trip, which is to Blackpool. So every year, my grandparents took me to Blackpool. It was, it was the oh, place, wasn't it? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, I must admit, growing up there, it did kind of scare the shit out of me a lot. <laughs> it did. There was a spate where people started getting the trainers necked. You yeah. just used to see these poor kids coming home just in the sodden feet, <laughs> like the best trainers on somebody else. <laughs> I loved it. We used to go, yeah, all the time. We used to go, you remember there was a Doctor Who exhibition? Yeah. We used to go that every, every year and see the lights every year and... I always remember my great-grandma used to come with us. She always used to nick sugar. Every single restaurant. Well, like, restaurant, the cafe, yeah. the cafe we went in. She'd open a handbag and pour the sugar into a handbag. <laughs> Don't worry. Slightly inter- we can carry on. Slight interruptions are all it was, right. Um, it's my agent. <laughs> just checking. Checking. Yeah, see what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I was Barnsley. I was growing up in Barnsley. Was I know you're fiercely proud of where you're from. I yeah. do know that. Yeah, Even I'm though really... I know we don't know each other yeah. particularly yeah, well. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Because yeah. you kind of feel like we do. But I remember, when, remember when I first met you a few weeks back and yeah. I went, God, isn't it funny <laughs> that we've, our paths have never crossed? It is you, really weird. You would have thought that we would have at yeah, least he, met or worked or together. even at auditions. Yeah. Man. We've never even had that. No, 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 no. It's really odd. Really odd. But, but Barnsley? Um, Barnsley's... Um, I know, it's funny, because uh, Barnsley... I'm, I am fiercely 
loyal to Barnsley and to the football club and everything like that. And but um, and I really feel that I am me because of that place. I, I really feel I'm a I'm a product of of that upbringing and that place, I suppose. And I guess that there's a big fear in me to lose it would change me as a person. So I've always hung on to it yeah. to, in any way. I know I moved away. Um, but when I moved away, you, you, you had to, do you know what I mean? There was no... When we when we first started, there was no... Yeah, you can self-tape from Newcastle, like my best mate does. Or you had to... We came to London, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. where we had to come yeah. to. So, yeah, it's funny. I'm, do you ever yeah. find yourself at certain uh in certain situations or do's where you become more yorkshire yeah i do <laughs> often I, I get really my wife says you get really aggressive and it's not you know that kind of geordie way where they go do you want a cup of tea yeah and that you think they're going to kill you because and they're just saying really nicely would you like a cup of tea yeah that happens sometimes it happens sometimes when um if i if i get passionate about something and i want to like you know really rev people up I can sometimes come across as being really aggressive, like, come on now, we can do this. And I get really broad. I get broader when I'm drunk. I get broader at football. Oh, yeah. But uh, and the accent properly comes out. But our accent is, I mean, everybody in Barnsley now would just be like, you, I am so posh. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the poshest Barnsley person in the world at the minute. And it's because we, our accent is proper. It's proper these and thas and yeah. thus and, and, you know, and it's all, you know, I read Shakespeare. I understand Shakespeare. Not because I studied it, but because it just sounds like, you know, where I'm from. It just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's old English, you know what I mean? And we still use a lot of those words as well. Well, as in Sheffield a few weeks ago, recording some episodes with some fiercely proud um, <laughs> Sheffield men. And yeah. their accent is, because they never left Sheffield, yeah. really, uh, is, you know, much, much stronger. But it's like the, when I go back to Blackpool, yeah. I do listen to myself when I'm, you know, at the chippy or something like that. I'm going, oh, I do sound quite possible. I better get back into it quick. <laughs> so you do, you, do you revert back into it when you go, when you go back up there? I don't, I don't mean to. I think... Do you think it just happens, It though? comes out when I'm around my dad uh, and, and mum. And it just, I think it comes out when I'm not thinking about it and it's a bit passionate. So sometimes, sometimes I'm on voiceovers and I'll get into it and I'll suddenly say a word and they'll go, what, what, you know, and I'll change a word by mistake. Such as um, to to Yorkshire, Sean. <laughs> to to Northern. Though. What was that? What's a waistcoat? <laughs> sorry, you said waistcoat. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a waistcoat. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I think the other day I said because um, we we uh, we quite often say uh, uh, nine while five. So oh, I'll, I'll, sorry, I'll, I'll be there nine while five. Right. Okay. I guess. And, yeah. And and so that still makes sense to me. So the American kind of nine through five makes a little bit of sense to me. Mm. But um, so there's stuff like that will happen by accident, and it often happens when I'm, if I'm really, really relaxed, so drunk, relaxed, or very tense at a Barnsley game, it comes out. It does whenever um, uh, my wife goes back to Northern Ireland, <laughs> even for 48 hours, and I would speak to her on the phone. I generally sometimes go, "Who is this person on the other end of the line?" I mean, it's, Who is that? it is so boring. And, like I've got a. a the very good mate from uh, Greenock in, in Scotland. Yeah. And sometimes I go, you please, 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 just <laughs> slow down or give me some subtitles because I've no idea what you're talking about. I, I shouted at my boy the other day. He would, he would, he'd been winding me up all day and then he, I just lost it and shouted at him. And I went, right, wind your neck in. And he just, the whole, all the kids just stopped and looked at me and went, 
what? <laughs> what does that mean? But at least you got their attention. Yeah, I got their attention, yeah. Just say something, anybody listen to this, say something random to your kids with a shouty voice and they'll just stop. <laughs> my wife says that to my boy. Wind your neck in. Wind your neck in. And she it's said a great it's, saying, you know, it? Isn't it is a great saying. Because it does actually, you know, it is. I've had people say that to me. Yeah, wind your neck in. <laughs> yeah, and when they say it really soft and you go, oh, God. Oh, God, I'm in, I'm in deepest, oh, darkest trouble now. That's the other thing I, I don't like as well. I used it on a character recently, but um, do you remember when, um, uh, do you remember when old, 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 <laughs> it sounds really dodgy, when older guys, especially in pubs, just grab you at the back of the neck. Yeah. And they just put that pressure on the back of your neck and just push you down slightly like this while they're talking to you yeah and it really like grabbing a dog by the scruff of the neck mm. and it really just i hate that i hate being as a kid i remember just not as a kid but like as a young man drinking mm. and somebody would come up and go all right mate hey, hey come in let me have a word it's so and you go, aggressive oh god get off me yeah but also i used to hate when i used to see uh, a couple a, a, a man and a woman and the bloke the young lad i'm talking about growing up in blackpool now and he would, instead of walking arm in arm or hand in hand, he would walk with his hand clasped no, around really? the neck, as if to say, "This is my property. property this yeah, is my yeah. trophy." Uh, it's very, very aggressive. It's horrible. Isn't I find it? that shit very, yeah. very dark. But we're not here to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you, you spoke about your mum and dad briefly there. Um, how were they? Um, they were brilliant childhood sweethearts. From were like, they? Yeah, from like 12. You know, wow. It's quite, you know, unusual these days, isn't it? Never left um, Barnsley? Never left Barnsley, no. Um, majority of, so my dad was one of 11. Um, oh, okay. Good and, family. Yeah, they didn't move and uh, one, one, one moved away for a bit, my Uncle Michael. Um, and then a few of them moved slightly away, but, you know, pretty much in the, in the close vicinity. And... Um, yeah, my dad was down the pits at uh, 15. Was he? So he left school early, went straight down the pits. My granddad was down there and uh, my other granddad and all my uncles and so, yeah. So my pit is the um, Brastoff pit. Right. So that's my, my dad's pit. Um, and mum, housewife, job, jobs here and there, different jobs, and then bringing up the kids and, yeah. So it was you so, and your brother? Two sisters. Oh, two sisters? Two sisters, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Older, so younger? Two sisters. Uh, both younger. Uh, oh, so Steph, you're the, old, you're the yeah, oldest. Yeah, I'm older brother, yeah. Steph, two years below me, and Kim, ten years below me. She right. was a strike baby. She was an accident. What's she? Sorry, Kim, I know you know that. <laughs> I know you, you don't know mean that. that. I don't no, mean no, like yeah, that. <laughs> great accent. But, um, yeah, yeah, so she was born in the strike, uh, which is in- incredible with, with her being born there. But, um, uh, yeah, so she's ten years younger than me and my sister. How was it growing up during that time, especially at that time, I, I think that my, my wife... What are your often, memories? Well... I've got really... Cl- I, my memory's pretty awful as a kid, apart from that time. I have real strong memories of, of, of that time. I remember um, I remember things like going um, on the slag heaps with my dad and riddling for coal. So my dad had a big kind of riddle and it made a smaller one for me. So you go on the slag heaps and you go through the night so that you weren't you know, chased off by local people who you knew with massive Alsatians that would set them on you because the... You know, we weren't allowed to even forage in the the waste of yeah. the of, 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 of the pit, and um, they'd all be there, and all the all, all my dad and my dad's mates, and we'd all be there, and their sons would be there, and filling these wire meshed things, these riddles, and riddling it out, grabbing a couple of pieces of coal, and trying to fill a bag. And I, I think we filled, we, I think we filled like just nearly a, a sack of coal we filled that night, but we took forever, and then we went. 
remember once we went into a forest, Dad, some of his mates, and we chopped a tree down and, you know, cut it up and dry, brought, I mean, it was basically anything to keep you warm, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and, and yeah. Stuff like that. But, and, you know, things, everything being repossessed, I remember, because everything was on HP back then, and, yeah. and uh, the telly being taken, the, the VHS player that was Pride and Joy. Uh, and think just people coming around and taking, removing everything from the house. I remember my dad was out and I was in with my mum and these guys and I was I was cleaning my goldfish, George and Mildred, at the time. <laughs> and, were the uh, days, yeah. so, and were the days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, they, these guys came around and they were, they were, I remember them not being, they weren't nasty. They weren't, as you see on films, they they. We kind of didn't really do, want to do the job, and but, but they had their had job to, to do. Yeah, I, mean, I think they took the they took the fridge or washing machine. No, washing machine. They took the washing machine. So lots of lots of things like that. But I, I remember a, a massive sense of pride, though, as well. I remember even then I was ten. Even then, thinking these men who I look up to are, are prepared to you know st- to stand by something they believe in and to stay to it and. And risk everything because yeah. they believe in this thing, and also, uh, as well as that, to see my mum backing up my dad when you know my mum's heavily pregnant, we've got no food coming in, you know, we've got no money coming in whatsoever, we're scrounging to get eats and stuff like this, and, and to back up my dad unquestioningly, and which all the women did in our area, they, they, you know, all the women that were staying at home, housewives, they backed up, you know, their husbands who believed in in what what they were doing. Yeah. And I remember um, the worst thing, and I'm, I'll try not to well up, because I generally always do, I'm going to try not to, but it's on radio, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody can see, so I didn't need to say that, but you could cut that out. Um, <laughs> um, the, we, uh, we had Christmas Day, and Christmas Day was in a, a soup kitchen um, at, a, at, at the first school, I think it was at my first school where I used to go. And um, we all went to the Christmas Day dinner, and... Uh, there was tables everywhere, and we sat. We sat around, and then we went up one by one to this food that had been laid on just pots of food at, yeah. this, at this soup kitchen, and being doled out the food, and sat down. And we all ate. The entire community ate together, and then we went up for these presents, and these presents were sent over to us by the Russian miners. Somebody in Russia organised the Russian miners to collect presents for wow. the British miners' kids. Yeah, they sent over these presents, and I remember because we had nothing. And it's funny now with Christmas just gone and my kids and it's it's so hard as you know to kind of think what I had and what you're giving your kids. Oh, this God. whole thing it's such a minefield of not knowing give too much. Don't hold. Oh, it's just a, a minefield. But this particular Christmas, me and my sister, um, we went up to get our presents from these Russian miners. And there was nothing else for us. We got one present each. She got a doll, and I got a car. And I remember being. Totally overwhelmed by this toy car, basically a toy car, yeah, little toy car, not remote control, and it's a toy, like, like a corgi, toy or corgi car, yeah. basically. And I came back to my dad, and I was, I was just buzzing because of this toy I'd got, and I showed my dad, and he cried, and it's the first time, I think, I think it's, it's either one of the two times or the only time I've ever seen my dad cry. It doesn't was, happen often. Was that Christmas? This Christmas Day, nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. It'll have been Christmas nineteen eighty-four. It'll have been, and. Uh, and I, I remember seeing that and just, yeah, the weight of that. Beautifully, 20 years later, I met the guy who'd organised the Russian miners to send the presents. No I, way. I met him at a, a rally for the, uh, for the NUM. And I met him and thanked him 
and thanked him for this. You know, it's only such a, it, it, it's amazing because it's, in some ways it's such a tiny thing, but, in, but, but back but then, the when impact. you connect that to me back there, huge, Craig. Yeah. I, I mean, massive, absolutely huge. And to come from a stranger in another country. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. What but the beautiful, support that, beautiful that, thing. that yeah. had on your community. Yeah. Yeah. That you were backed up by some yeah. a, a group that you didn't, didn't even know, know at and will never know. Yeah. You, yeah, you'll never get yeah. A, yeah. any sort of connection with really apart from this. Yeah, but That's... it was um, yeah, and then brilliantly, this is this is a nice a nice story as well. Though when my sister was going to be born, um, she went. My mum went into the hospital, gave birth, and then social services everybody came around to the house and said, "You can't. We're not allowing you to." take her home because you've got no way of heating the house you've got no food blah 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 you've got all these things and um so they threatened mum and dad with taking her into care right uh, you know oh, see it's getting to me all it's right. getting to me um and uh so then the locals uh not the locals our neighbors uh basically they knew that we, we were told they were going to come around in a period of time in this week and they came around the the neighbors and they each put a bag of coal in our coal bunker and put it all in. And then my nan and granddad gave us some food and friends gave us tins like this and that. I think they were all marked and stuff like that. And everything went in and mum and dad had said, we've got stuff together now, we've got enough. And they came round and looked and saw all this and went, yeah, okay, we can now let you bring your daughter home. We brought her home and then everybody came round and collected their bag of coal, their tins, and went back. <sighs> you know, which is a film I should make one day. That's. I don't know about you, go. I'm really going. That's just. (laughs) What incredible sense of community. Yeah, yeah, it was. It really, really was. It really was. It worries me sometimes, though, that we we lose things like that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I question sometimes are they of. from a certain place in time? And then something. Some things happen, and I think, oh, no, no, we we haven't lost it. Look at Grenville. I mean, exactly. That, you know, I think it's in moments of great adversity that people forget about all the nonsense that we're fed all the time on yeah. the news and politics, and actually just see each other as human beings and just go, let's look out for each other. Yeah. I think. I think you know, when push comes to shove, and I think that's why I'll always be proud of Barnsley and where I'm from. I mean, we differ now on our views quite a lot, you know, of course, on particular things, but you know. That's bound to happen, and I've I've moved away and stuff, and you know, seen the world, and you know, so yeah. So that was that was kind of growing up, really. Been lucky um, enough to see the world doing yeah, what you totally, do. I mean, totally. Okay. I remember when I first went to India, and yeah. I never wanted or even thought about going at all. Yeah. And it was only because of doing what I do for a career yeah. that I was lucky enough to have my mind blown. And yeah. Everything open for yeah. me. Does that make sense? Totally, one hundred percent. I just—it's—it's it's the one thing I'm trying to give my kids all the time is just travel, see the world, yeah. see as much of the world, see as many new cultures as you can, learn, learn. If, just, it, if it's not yeah. going, if you're not taking it from school, that's yeah. all right. That's not the be all yeah. and end all, because I've learned so much that those teachers couldn't even Absolutely. possibly fathom yeah. about uh, trying to yeah. teach me. They wouldn't even have any idea. Yeah. And I think they should be a thing. I think it should be a thing in schools where, you know, you shouldn't be penalised if you're taking your kid out to go to a foreign country. 
Yeah. I don't think you should be penalised at all because I Absolutely think what you're going to learn, bits of language you're going to learn, bits of um, different culture, art, I mean, everything, history of that culture, how the people, how, people, how they connect to you, how yeah. they're different, I, I think is it's far more important than what you're going to learn in a week doing maths and geography. Have you ever had to do that with your family? I mean, I know I'm jumping to the present now and I do want to pop back, but have yeah. you ever had to do that with your family? We've we've basically we, we've been honest every time and gone right. We're gonna we're going now because obviously we live in a world where um, um, my kids are at what's it called normal schools, not private state state schools, state schools. Yeah. and um, so if we take them out too much, we get you know get penalised and you know our uh, our holidays are always at the peak time, so everything costs a million times more mm. and travel costs more. And everybody's allowed to put up their prices just to punish us because your kids are on holiday, which yeah. is disgusting yeah um so we just go to the school and we'd sometimes take them out for a, a week or two weeks outside of the summer holidays and go sorry i'm working away i mean sean's in budapest for a while we're gonna budapest for two weeks with him and we just go and you know what they, will be will be what will be yeah because i just think i don't know i think i think it's more important than it is you know the kids come out there we take them to museums we take them to find out a bit about the history they learn stuff. And yeah, it's not like you're going to sit in a hotel room with no, the telly on. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Room service. Yeah, exact opposite of what you're going to do in Easter, Easter half term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just put the telly on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do, I, I totally 100% agree with you. I think that really is important for children. Yeah. Definitely. Speaking of children, we haven't discussed you at school. What were you like at school? I've got a picture in my mind about what I think you were like at school. Ah, very different, very different. <laughs> Uh, I was, I was, um, oh God, nobody's ever asked me that. Um, I, I, I was, um, I was a lot, I was a lot smaller. I didn't grow till I was about 17, 18. So I was smaller. I was very slight frame. I had no shoulders. I was, you know, I was, um. Kind of, I was rubbish at football, which I love love now. Was, Damn, um, I'm already do- you've already done. Oh no, mate. mate, I was rubbish at football. <laughs> I was always last picked for football. God, just, just, that was just, me. No, that was me. I destroy was destroy me, last picked, and and that thing, that collective exhale when when the group go, oh god, we've got, we've him. got him, yeah, and that just feeling in your stomach of going, oh. and looking back now, I just think the teachers make me captain, yeah. Next week, make me captain. Don't make the same kids captain who are the best at football. Yeah, which they always captain, did. Which they always did. You know, um, they, they, they weren't very good by then, I think, of, of spotting the, the things. So, yeah, I was slight. I was uh, odd because I, uh, I because I had a dream of what I wanted to be and so I studied hard and all this kind of stuff. And, what um, was the dream? Uh, I wanted to be a, a big animal vet. Did you? Yeah, I was desperate. Absolutely so I think I still am really. Um, I, I wanted it's never to, too late. Never too late. That role, I wonder that role comes up. But <laughs> yeah, um, and um, yeah, I was I was absolutely desperate to to be to work with big wild anything that could kill me. I wanted to work with basically. Where did that um, come from? I don't know. I had this thing. We watched lots of documentaries and stuff. As I kid. used to. My dad. We used to watch documentaries. With my dad and stuff. Lots of Attenborough stuff and all that. I think Attenborough might have been. That might have been the hit, the the connection to it, and just watching these things. But I adored animals. I had animal books everywhere, and um, my so I was a I was a, a like a grade A GCSE student in in my in my coursework, but yeah. not in exams, which is 
good to talk about in a bit. But um, I, uh, I uh, um, so I, I'd um, so I was good in my coursework, but but because I wanted to be a vet, I had to. My parents had to force the school to let me take three sciences because we, you only could do two. Yeah. Um, so I had to do chemistry, physics, and biology. And we forced them, and eventually they relented because this was my dream. But um, because I was in the top set for GCSE, I wasn't allowed to take drama because drama was for thick people, and drama was considered that's 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 a GCSE for people who can't do anything else. Yeah. So they can get a GCSE in something. Yeah. So, um, and I'd just done the school plays and stuff like that, and it's something I liked doing, but it was never a it was never a proper passion. No, because it, and also as well, it was never. It was never the option to be a to be a passion. That 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 was just a. It's just something you messed about. It you did. Yeah. You know, my parents did a you bit of even possibly amateur operatics. No, yeah. absolutely. Well, <laughs> that's what the teacher said to me eventually. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know that that wasn't that world wasn't open to us. And I think still to this day, I struggle with feeling that it's still not open to me. And it, I've definitely carried that weight of this is not for. For, for us, for, for us. Yeah. I still carry that to this day, yeah. uh, and, and I still, you know, I walk in first day of a rehearsal, especially in theatre, and I go, "Shouldn't be here." Absolutely, especially in theatre. Especially oh. in theatre, I, I sit down, and you know, quite often I hear voices that, for me, sound like they belong in the theatre, and I go, "Yeah, I shouldn't." Better keep my mouth shut. Yeah, I better keep quiet. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I was. So I, I did these three GCSEs, and like I said, I was grade A course student and then I'd get to these exams and now we think I've probably got some kind of form of something or whatever and, and uh, I'd sit down in exams and I couldn't even pick up the pen Crumble. couldn't pick it up couldn't, I would look at the, the the test exam and I'd just sit there and I'd, I'd look out the window and I'd pick up the pen I'd feel sick, I'd put it back down again I used to revise and study like mad and basically I failed all my GCSEs no I way. got one C and seven Ds so, and my all my my exam work just dropped me down. So I got a C in maths and then no GCSEs, which consequently meant that my uh, it was done. You know, there was that was it. You know, there was there's nothing. And now I think about the options that I think could have been offered to me by my school, which weren't. I mean, this is a kid who wanted to be a vet, and then you remember the work placement you had to go on yes. at school. And so I wanted to be a vet, work with animals, and my. My school sent me to a plumber's. They so didn't. I did two weeks as a plumber's mate. And you kind of go, why? You know, so it's kind of like, bring it come on. Even even that, you know, you want to be a vet, come on. That's plumber's not for you. Plumber's mate. Yeah. And um, take, take instead of sending me to a, a vet, <laughs> a vet, <laughs> you know, something really easy like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so interestingly, what what how I got then to get in, to um, act in a drama is that um, I mean, basically I came home from uh, I came home from school having got my GCSEs and went to my dad. I remember my dad was on I think he was on nights and I came back to my dad and I had the piece of paper and my dad knew how much it, it meant to me and uh, I went in and he was in the front garden and I went up to him and I showed him the piece of paper and I didn't even sell and he went come on. And he went to the garage and he bought me the year before out, out of the paper um, a golf bag, an old, old golf bag with, I think it was a wood iron, a, a, a three wood, a putting wedge, of sand and a seven or something right. like that. It was like four clubs in this uh, this old bag. And he bought me through the paper and uh, he said, come on. And he grabbed, my, he grabbed the golf bag, put it in the back of the car and 
drove me to a pitch and putt in Huddersfield. And we played two rounds of pitch and putt. We didn't mention it. We never talked about it. We just didn't discuss it at all. And it was the it was the best, to this day, it was the best thing he could have done for me. Because had we discussed it, when where do you go? Yeah. My entire dream was over, so there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah. It's, it's, done, it's done. And by not discussing it, it kind of just let it be there and ferment. And then by the time we'd finished, I'd lived with it for two hours. And so, I don't know, it was easier to kind of... Just a little holiday from it in a way. It was really weird, but um, God, your dad is a, a smart man. My dad's, yeah, yeah. And instinctively, he he was very good at dealing with me. My mum as well, was brilliant as well. But I guess as a boy and with with your dad, he just I don't know. He was you know yeah very clued up on stuff. I think. Yeah. God, that's a real. Uh, I'm already thinking about God. I'm going to take that as a lesson for me oh, as, yeah. as a dad. That's. Uh, as a parent, you know, yeah. that's a very smart thing to yeah, do. Yeah, just, I mean, who would think of that? Just... I don't know, don't, I don't know. Just do not, OK, let's just go to this for a bit. Let's just need... Let's just not talk about it. Let's have some space. Yeah, just leave it there. Put it away. Yeah. Amazing. But then I was... What had happened is that I uh, I used to bounce the youth theatre during the week. Oh, did you? So you did so the extracurricular stuff? Bits of, yeah, yeah youth theatre stuff, and I enjoyed it, and it was fun, and it's just something I liked doing, but it was never... Anything and basically, this. Um, I wish, I wish to God, I could go back and get these people's names because uh, I, I owe the. I think it was three of them from Barnes Youth Theatre who, who, who ran it. I owe them from then onwards. I, I owe them basically everything as far as I'm concerned. They, um, they knew I wanted to be a vet and they knew it all failed. The next week I went in. It was a Thursday night or something. They sat me down and they said, "Right, we think you should become an actor." And I was like. That's stupid, don't be stupid. And they went, we honestly do. We think you've got makings of being one. And they went, we've already uh, got you an audition at the Sixth Form College for your beta to do a BTEC in it. Yeah. It's at this time, at this place, all written down for me. You need to go here. They handed me a copy that, of The Caretaker, I'd never seen before, uh, with Aston's speech about electroshock therapy folded down at the back and went, read this, learn this speech, do this speech, and go in for this audition. Oh, my God. This is like just before your sister was born and they all came around yeah, and gave the yeah, food and yeah, the coal. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I just went, and I went, this is this is, this is stupid. This is, there's no, this is not, you know. And I went back, and again, we've got another good dad story, yeah. I went back to my dad and I said, um, look, the, this company think I should become an actor, They've set up this audition at the Electric Theatre for me. What, what do you reckon? And he went, because the pits, bear in mind, the pits are about to close fully. Yeah, Grime yeah, thought, yeah. shut a couple of years after that, after this. And uh, my dad turned around and said, you're going to be unemployed, whatever you do. You may as well be unemployed doing something you love. And I went, oh, OK. Because I just, yeah. So and did I, you love it at that point, though? I enjoyed it. You enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it and got a kick out of it, but I didn't... I didn't have a passion for it, so, and I went right. Fair enough then, because the pits. So there was no, there was no future for me to go down the pits. My dad didn't want me to go down the pit no. either. Do you know what I mean? Because you know it's horrible job. Yeah. You know, you know, hard, died hard, a black lung. Bloody hard you know, job. Dad, yeah, really hard job. So I, um, uh, 
so I went for this. I went for this audition, yeah. and then consequently, because I was then heading down that route, exactly like you said, the teachers got me in and told me I was crazy and that there's no future in it. And how can you be so daft? You need to get a proper job. They then sent me for army for an army training thing, the school to try and get me oh. to head into the army. The careers advice went and did that, and there was a moment where I thought maybe this is something I should do. And then my mum just said, you couldn't take orders. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem with compliance. <laughs> so I went, oh, OK, yeah, maybe you're right. So there was a moment where, a little kind of tiny moment, and then, uh, yeah. So that was pretty, what, what is, and I, I, think about, I think about this a lot, because you meet people all the time who desperately love, loved it, always wanted it, it was always their dream to have this job, and it... And it, it wasn't mine, so and I, I kind of wish, I wish I'd, I wish I'd wanted it to be mine early on, because I'd feel like I'd more achieved. I think probably a, a bit more than I, I, I believe I have, I suppose. But the idea that that without those people doing what they did in a very anti Billy Elliot way, you yeah. know what I mean? Or without my mum and dad going, go for it. Why not? What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Just go for it. Without yeah. that backing. I don't know where I'd be today. I really, honestly, genuinely, I don't know who I would be because I definitely wouldn't have gone into acting. That was my one and only, only chance I believe to to come into this. It would have, I would have just got, you know, I just got, got a job, got a house. We all kids, need that and, support, and we yeah. all need someone to shine yeah. a light or open that door and go. Do you know what? Door. What about this? Yeah. yeah, I think this. Really? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh well, all right then. Why? Well, you know, yeah. why not? Because what do you know at what do you know at sixteen years old? You don't know nothing. You don't even know, know who you are, do you? You're no. trying to figure out right. who you are and what you want. Yeah. My boy's thirteen and picking his GCSEs. He hasn't got a clue what he wants to do. He has no idea what he wants to do, and already he's trying to limit his his scope of what he can do by deciding what 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 GCSEs to take. It's horrific. It's bonkers, isn't it? It's, it's bollocks. It's utter bollocks because because until you've gone out there and lived at all or, or had some kind of life to decide what you want to do. These kids are leaving school, they ain't got a clue. They've gone to university just because you're supposed to go to university. Because that's what Racking up loads says. of debt yeah. because you're meant to do that. And then leaving, having done a degree course in something they weren't really that interested in. Um, and now start your life. Yeah. With 40 grand debt. Now go, go. Yeah, go, go, go. go. Get a job now. But that's not who I am or what I do. Too yeah. late. Yeah, you've done You it. made those choices. Yeah. At 13. I was listening to the radio the other day and I was waiting to pick up um, my little boy from school. And I turned the radio on halfway through this news report and there was some guy who was talking about how he wanted to change when teenagers started school and what time they started. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. in certain parts, uh, in certain countries around the world, they start at so one o'clock in the afternoon so they can sleep and they in. work through till seven yeah. because all he's seeing is this zombie apocalypse of young teenagers <laughs> who are literally dragging themselves and their bags to school yeah. to be there for quarter to nine, nine o'clock, whatever it is, yeah. and they're still half asleep for half yeah. the day, and it's doing a disservice to everybody. Yeah. I thought it was something really interesting. Why hasn't that come up yeah. before? We're so, behind on so many things, aren't we? I mean, they've, they've, they've realised that, that uh, 
you know, we're not lazy, the teenagers not getting out of bed. It's because actually we need to sleep. They need to sleep longer. They need I've to sleep longer. Because six year olds like that because, now. Yeah, because they, they're growing in their sleep. They're, you know, their, their body's actually physically growing during the, when they sleep. Their brains are growing. And also and they, teen- teenagers, they're just oh, changing. Oh, wow. What's going on? You it's know what amazing. it was like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my boy just totally did Kevin and Perry. Oh, really? Yeah. He came down when I went, oh, God, hey, <laughs> you. He just didn't say I hate you, but yeah, yeah. And you just laugh and just go, wow, it's just changed. I mean, basically, a lot of the time, no, my boy, it's just vowels. Oh, uh, 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 uh. oh, oh. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. So, how was oh, the, yeah. uh, what happened at the end of the BTEC? Was that a two year or? That was a, yeah, a two, day, two year BTEC in performing arts. Yeah. That. That was some of the best training I ever had. I think that was. Yeah, a, I did the. That, I did the same. That one. was Blackpool. amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Brilliantly, I had to retake my English again. Your English, Jesus. Did, did, oh, did yeah, you? So I had to retake to try oh, and get, to get to a on C. the course. Yeah. Yes. To get to, yeah, so I had two GCSEs. So, you know, come from a kid who was aiming for eight. And, you know, struggled to get two. And brilliantly, the night before the GCSE exam, the English exam, I broke into it. I was so nervous. I broke into the. Uh, office, I'm sorry, Jenny, um, and stole the GCSE English paper and went home and worked on it all night. And then went in the next day, did it, and still got a C. No! <laughs> After all that After planning all and that. all that effort! <laughs> still, uh, C, seriously? Uh, yeah, so that was, yeah. That, how rubbish is that? It's like Ocean's Eleven, but shit. But that says so much about you under in, in exam that, yeah, pressure. That. Yeah, yeah. Still went to bits. But, but, got that and, oh yeah that's one of the things i want to say but horrifically that's what they're doing now with education they're taking it all now towards um, the exam exam based so any kids like me who are more practical or more think slightly differently or you know uh, 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 hands-on kind of kids are just going to do exactly what i did they're going yeah. to be top students and then they're going to drop because they can't get past this you know this white piece of paper Oh. Which is which is what it is yeah. in that sterile environment. Yeah. Quiet sat in the rows. The massive clock ticking. Time yeah. starts. Yeah. Now four to pieces. Now. I still would know. It's not. If you gave me anything now and went, okay, and you put a timer on me, I'd go. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes, I mean, I'm jumping forward now. But you know, when we were first just starting out, that's what used to happen at auditions. Yeah. Okay, and perform. Go now. Yeah, uh, everything uh, freezes. You know, it's like almost like yeah. uh, I don't know what you're like, but uh, if I get my photograph taken on a stills oh, camera, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. the fear of awful, uh, awful fear. Everything yeah. is distorted <laughs> and wrong, and I. Feel... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they go look away and then look back. I'm like, no, that I don't can't. work for me. Because you're still there. Yeah, <laughs> you're no, supposed you're to disappear. <laughs> but I know so many actors who absolutely hate that. But we've. We digress. Um, I digress anyway. Where do we go oh, from yeah, the BTEC? BTEC? Um, yeah, so two years BTEC. Oh yeah, so the BTEC was amazing because I learned, um, I learned all the backstage stuff. I learned to be, a, I learned to be a techie. Yeah, but and it was the greatest training I think any actor could ever have. I learned you get, lighting. You I get learned from all sides. Yeah. Sound. I learned. I learned how to do everything, and there and and from that, in me in my career, has been a um, a respect for people who did those jobs. Because I had a little taste for it, and I saw what you what you do, and so I've got massive respect for anybody behind the scenes. And they've got just as much passion yeah. as oh, people in, in, on stage or in front of the camera. Yeah, I mean they care about yeah. what they do, and they don't get the they don't get the kind of plaudits of 
no. how well done you are. Stopped in the street going, you know, the lighting on that was incredible. Yeah. I never get that. I know, it was you know. a bit like when, um, when the BAFTAs were the other week and I've got a good friend of mine who's a, uh, a stuntman, a, a brilliant at what he does. Yeah. And he went... It'd be nice happen? to get some recognition. Yeah. When is it going to happen? When is best stunts going to happen? I think it's got to happen. It's got to happen. It's Surely. ridiculous. Yeah, it has to. It's just, you know, when's best casting director going to happen? Yeah. You know, well, best well, it's nice cast, that it's happened you know. at the Biffers. And the Biffers, I must yeah, admit, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that should open the, yeah. the door there for a few other things. Yeah. Oh, look. Oh, wasn't she nice in that performance and she was crying or he was, like, dead angry? <laughs> He just risked his life <laughs> yes. jumping off a building <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally, yeah. It's mad. Totally. So the beat gave yeah. you that um, respect and passion for all those beats. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. And I loved it, it, and it made me just go, I, I, you know, I then from there when I, I went to Degree Cross, I started a theatre company, but um, because of that, knowing how to do everything. So the electric theatre for two years was unbelievable brilliant training and also as well I because I'd lost I think a lot I lost a lot of my friends from school because I was different and suddenly I was doing something not not the normal thing to do so I very much had to start again really apart from my mate Daz Ward really um I very much had to start again and and so my mates became my dad's mates so I'd go drinking with my dad's pit mates yeah so they became I, so I learned to drink with 45, 50-year-old minors. Hardcore. That's when I... Yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> um, so I, I was with with them and then started again at, at uh, Leckie, as we called it. And I had two amazing, amazing years there. Grounding in, in this job was incredible. And then uh, I went to... Um, uh, I auditioned for a few things. I, uh, I auditioned for um, the Arden School of Theatre in Manchester, which was a degree course. Yeah. It was the last year where I just missed out on the last year when you could get a grant. Right. So I was the start of no grants for you, yeah. basically, uh, for courses that weren't degree courses. And um, went down to RADA, auditioned, uh, cost me a fortune, yeah. went down, recalled, went down again, had to buy jazz shoes. So as you can imagine, a 18-year-old lad from Barnsley, I went in, and, you know, there's that um, dance... Shop on uh, St Martin's Lane. St Martin's Lane. That's where I went. Yeah, went there. I felt so uncomfortable going Excuse in there. <laughs> <When> <laughs> Did was, you have to buy as well? Yeah, yeah. I had to go in <laughs> when I was. So I had to go in when I was. Kids do that. Seven, uh, oh. Seventeen on the cusp of eighteen. I had to See, walk yeah. in there, Same and I had, my, I had a list of <laughs> unbelievable. Could I have <clears throat> a pair of <laughs> look around, make sure nobody else is in who could see you? Just shoes. Look through the window. I mean, right, it's clear. There's no one in there. Go, 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 go. I mean, buying porn as a 15 year old, a porn mag was easier yes. than asking for a pair of jazz, uh, jazz shoes. Honestly, um, always used to find the porn on the golf courses yeah. and on, the, on <laughs> yeah, railway sidelines. You know, like the hedges. <laughs> That's where people read porn. And um, so, but yeah, I bought jazz shoes. I, I remember. I think I, I used the one pound bus to get down, or ten pound bus. I think it was just to get down, to save money. Um, did the did the second day, and I remember I was so. I was so this is talk about the bars are coming out. I was really, I was, I was just angry, and, and and I had a proper chip on my shoulder, and um, all these people were stretching around me, and I hated them. Uh, and we um, we had to go around in the corner and uh, around in a circle and say who we were and, uh, and where we we're from and all this. And I'd spoken to a few of the lads um, prior to this, and each one had been really disdainful of me, really 
just not just not nice cold. nice to me and cold to me yeah. like I don't know it's got to rub you up the wrong made way made me feel that I shouldn't be there even, yeah. even more and it gone round the room and there was lots of sorry to say this is an inverted snobbery but there were a lot of very uh, well mannered voices in, in that room and he would not be very nice to me and it got to me and um he took his name and a little bit about yourself. I said, my name's Sean, I'm from Barnsley. And before you ask, I ain't got a ferret down my trousers and I don't walk a whip it. <laughs> Straight out with it. Straight out. And I just Just thought, before you start... Yeah, just have had enough. I'm going to put up this my shield. Like Nine o'clock in the morning, yeah, put it up. Put run my shield, shield of defence right up. Boom, fuck yeah. you. Sorry. I don't swear. No, we can swear I say whatever we want. And, um, and brilliantly, I think he was called Nick, the guy uh, who's running it, he just suddenly went, tell me more. And I went... Hey? And then I got looks off everybody. He went, tell me some more. Tell me more things. And so I spoke a bit about it, and he asked questions and all this kind of stuff. And so that was quite nice. And then I did, um, I did my audition, which. So this is this is this is quite interesting. Sorry, I'm going backwards and forwards. No, and no, stuff. no. We can go anywhere but, um, we want, mate. The uh, what's quite this is again a lot of my things that have happened in my life kind of have a an odd full circle thing going on. So things that happened to me younger. There's an amazing thing that happened to me over playing the piano. Um, that things that come back and end up, they, a lot of kind of full circle things happen. And um, um, I totally forgot what I was saying. <laughs> That's a full circle. So we're, we're at the we're, we're at the audition. Oh, and oh was yes. Saying that. And um, I did a speech from Titus Andronicus. Right. Which is still a part I want to play. Everybody goes. I want to play. I want to play the Scottish King. I want to play Hamlet. Mine's, I want to play Titus. I love I love Titus. You've said it now. And, uh, it's, said it's, it's on, on record. It's Producers, on record. It's go, out there. Let's do it. <laughs> and um, and the reason I wanted, I wanted so I did this speech for my audition was because I don't know if you remember on television there was a series of workshops, actor workshops on television for, for a while. And you had Michael Caine doing screen acting, brilliant. In which Still he told classic. you not to blink. Do you remember? It was yeah. a cornflake packet saying just don't, you know, mascara, mascara on you if you've got blonde eyes, breath freshening and all yeah. this. But Brian Cox did one about theatre acting, and he did this Titus Andronicus speech that I'd never seen before, never read, and I went, oh, I'd never seen anything like it. It was on telly, and I was just like, this is incredible. And I read the play, I was going, oh, my God, this is this is amazing. I'm only 17, so I've got no idea what any of this means, you know, what, what, what the emotion behind any of it is. And, um, and then brilliantly, you know, seven seven years ago, so, so I worked with Brian Cox, and I was able to thank him and go, thank you, because your speech got me into drama school. Because without your speech, I wouldn't have done it, and you know, and so I love little things like that where I can then, you know, that affected me ten years ago, or whatever. And thank you for for doing that yeah, piece yeah, in the yeah. first place that did that. that to what me. did he say when you said that? He was he was really nice. Was he right about it? Yeah, he went. Oh, thank you, thank you for saying that's that's really nice to to hear. He was that's such to a huge thing, though, Sean. For you, for that to happen, for you to say that, I think it's. Uh, <sighs> I don't know how I'd respond if someone said that to me, or, or I mean, if someone said that to you, but yeah. that's a big thing because yeah. you've you've opened that door for someone. You've yeah, totally. You've so you got in. No, ah, I left my recall, got on the bus back, and then I think it was about two weeks later, I got a phone call. It was on the Friday, I think. I was sat at home, you know, no mobiles, you got a landline. Mum says, "Right, we're on the phone." It's like, oh my god. In the meantime. Arden School of Theatre, Wiley Longmore, beautiful actor, beautiful person. He basically offered me a place, again, with the Titus Andronicus 
speech. Yeah. Offered me a, a, a place, and I said, "Listen, I've got this recall at Rada, blah, blah blah." And he said, "I'm going to hold your place for you. I'll hold your place. Good man. You don't get in. Come to me." Brilliantly. No airs and graces. Yeah. No. Oh, you want to go with them? Yeah. Just matter of factly said, "Okay, I'll hold it for you." And then this Friday, there's a phone call from uh, Rada, and still to this day, they say they've never done this to anybody. But you know, um, they phoned me and said, uh, "We're about to offer you a place." I was like, oh, mum and dad are sat in the room. I was like, and they went, but we've been in contact with your council and they won't give you a grant. So they won't offer a grant for for this cause at RADA. So have you got any means of, can you pay? Have you got, have you got parents? Have you got any means of funding? And I said, no, my dad's, uh, my dad's pit shutting. It's about to um, uh, be closed. I said, um, uh, I haven't got anything like that, but it's fine. I'll work, I'll graft, I've got a job at minute anyway. I'll graft, I'll have a job at the evening, I'll have a job at weekend. It's not a problem, I'm a grafter. Yeah. I like work. I said, it is not a problem. I will beg steel borrow. This is brilliant. You don't have to worry about me at all. I will I will fund all this, it'll be fine. Uh, okay, brilliant, thank you. And I got a no four days later in the post. You didn't? Yeah. And oh, another one of those times where you just go, seriously, seriously. That is aw- that's awful. That's awful, isn't it? Sean. It's awful, yeah. I, they still say they've never... I remember an article... Did they deny about, that? Well, I've never denied it directly to my face, but I, re- I read an article about four or five years ago that said we've never le- we've never let anybody go because of financial things, but unless suddenly they thought I was a shit actor in the interim between phoning no. me up and posting the well, letter... Well, they might, they, they might, they they might, might say that, them, of yeah, course, yeah, to cover the yeah, backs. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's, that is that's, truly that's the truth of awful. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't good. And um, so then God, I went. That's, yeah. That makes me so angry because it <laughs> ceases to become <laughs> about nurturing someone's talent and about financial gain. Yeah, and that is which is absolutely one of the ugliest things. Yeah, especially when you've got a kid looking back now, and as a, as a dad looking back. Especially when you've got a kid who you obviously at that time thought had something. Yeah. And then to let that slip so easily. Yeah. To not even, to not give it another go and just go, okay, let's, why don't you come down? Let's have a look at the, let's have a look at the options. What could we, what could we do to, to, to make this work? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh God, that's made me really angry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so you're off to Manchester then? So I went to Manchester and with Wiley as, Kind of in, uh, my inspiration, who always he was the he set up Arden School of Theatre and, and ran it. But because it was a de- degree course, I could get a grant, so I got a grant for my degree course. And um, he instilled in us this thing of not waiting for somebody to knock on the door, and to always you know go and open, knock on the door yourself. Yeah, I really instilled that in us, and I, I formed my own theatre company. And because at that time, then I thought I wanted to, I wanted to become a director. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was. It was nice because I was playing great parts. I was playing all, all, you know, a lot of the lead parts and Oedipus and all this kind of stuff as you're doing um, the heavy stuff. And the heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and but I wanted to be a director. Directed a couple of shows in Manchester. Did a, a really big show and then lost my bottle with the theatre company. Um, and then I had this thing where I thought I thought I'd be a better director if I'd experienced life as an actor and and everything that was going to be asked of me then I, it would give me a knowledge that I could then use as a director. Yeah. And then fortunately, fortunately, it kind of worked as an actor and uh, <laughs> kept paying the bills. And it's like, am I really going to go and do that for no money? Um, 
So uh, is that something that's still in you now? Though, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Absolutely, is yeah, yeah. Absolutely, so, something you want to do. Hundred percent. Yeah, really. It's just a case of having the guts to do it. And I keep looking at plays and thinking I should just just put this on. I've got a film I've written that I want to direct next year. So it's all yeah. There's lots of that kind of thing. But life, you know, my wife who's incredibly supportive would hate me for saying it because she'd support me in doing it. Like, like, you know, like my mum with my dad would support me in any anything I decided to do, to do yeah. any venture and would make it work with me because she's amazing. Um, but still inside me, I'm going, I'm that Barnsley kid who's going, you can't risk that. You can't risk this for that. You can't risk a nothing for that, especially when you've got you know, a mortgage and family, four kids. Yeah. So you've got a, you know, you you graft, you earn earn your money, take it home and have a pint on Friday night. Sometimes you've got to take that leap, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Arden was it was it was it was it was good. It was really brilliant. Was it a three year three year like, yeah. degree course? Did that. So I got a degree, no GCSEs, but a degree. <laughs> Come out with a degree, bang on. Come out with a degree, um, and uh, and and met some lovely people and things like this. But I left. Yeah, the uh, you know the um, uh, the the thing you have to do to get an agent, the the showcase. The showcase. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did we did London and we did uh, London and Manchester, and for some reason at the showcase, um, I, I everybody just was like, he, he's the worst actor that's ever really ever existed. It was all awful, Craig. Really, really awful. I remember one agent I was talking to her. And another actor, one of, my, one of my friends, came up and walked past, and she, and she just turned her back on me and started talking to Martin, was his name. Oh. And I was like, oh. Crushed. I remember being there and left. And I left uh, drama college. I was the it, it's infamous in my college. Um, that I, I, I left drama college. I was the only person in my year who didn't have an agent. And everybody left with an agent except me. So, Do you think there's any link to... Something like a showcase and your exams. Do you know what? Do you know what, do you know what I mean Possibly. about that pressure? Possibly. About, right. Yeah, let's I'd do this because this that. is the shot. This I'd is the shot. I never thought about that. Possibly, quite, quite possibly, yeah. Because I don't know how I was in those performances. I've no idea. But well, that's not for yeah. us to judge. Yeah. But um, everybody, yeah. So it's quite famous. It's, it's not famous, but you know I mean? it's it's quite. It is in your world. It, yeah. yeah, in my <laughs> head. Um, this thing that I, you know. One of the few that's still working, but the only one to leave without an agent. So, so where do you go from there? Well, so I left going. Oh, this, it was another kind of. All oh, right, this is done. This is this is finished. Let's you know. Is it back to Yorkshire? Yeah, suck it off. So I became. I was carpet fitter um, with my mate Jim, um, and we were just carpet. Fitting. We were kind of up at, up at half five in the morning, and done by about one o'clock, I think. No, yeah, because we'd do all the prep on the houses and stuff. And um, I then, because you had to have the equity card, which I, I wish we could go back to, I really wish, not because of the closed shop thing, but just that pure thing of, I had to, I had to prove that I was an actor, and I had to prove that I was an actor by, by, by work, yeah. by graft. Yeah. So I had to earn the right to say I was an actor. Yeah. And, which is missing now, because, because you can just leave and just go, oh, actor, <laughs> which distills it. But what I had to do is I had to go, right, okay, if I still want to be an actor, I've got to get my actor card. To get my, I had a provisional because of drama college, but I had to get an actor card. So I went off and I did um, 
I did a uh, production of Blue Remembered Hills in the Dales, which I think was seen by about 40 people wow. over a two-week run. But it went towards MetroCard, that. Yeah. So I did that in, in the Yorkshire Dales, a promenade production of it. Loved it. Um, what was the thing back in, when we were doing this where... How many productions did you have to do? Or how, was it hours? It was wasn't it? hours or months? I think it was like it was a particular amount of time. Yeah, that's right. that's right. So you got your provisional. I got my one at. at uh, You've got your provisional driving license. All you yeah. want is your full to get <laughs> yeah. on the road and, and drive. Go, I'm an actor. <laughs> yeah, you're not working, but I, at least I just at least see that I you read that milestone. Yeah, yeah, and I got it, and I can officially say this is what I've done. Um, and uh, I um, yeah, and then the next bit, which again is akin to my two years at. Tech. I then did a six-month TIE tour right. of England <coughs> England and Scotland. And again, it's one of those tours where, very legs akimbo from League of Gentlemen, but uh, it, it was brilliant training, working with kids, improvising, uh, set up your own lights, get in a car. All that stage you, management stuff's coming into play yeah, now. Do all the stage management, set it up, things go wrong, fix it. You know, the car, the car breaks down, fix the car. And luckily, my dad had told me I'd fix cars, so I could do that. And I, so I'd, it was just lovely. It was six months of touring the whole of England and Scotland, and and doing your own thing and setting it up. And then you know, so that and that that went towards MotorCard and got MotorCard, which then I got an agent because then the guy who ran the TIE, mm. his agent, took me on. So and then got me nothing but anyway but still, still it, we're, yeah, we're going it in a, the right direction it was a, yeah so I have this thing that that um, which I kind of I kind of look at my career like I've kind of walked I've gone up every step of the ladder on the rung yeah I, have, I haven't I, I kind of missed out any I haven't I've never done any big jumps to a to a fourth or fifth rung do you know what I mean yeah I've, I've kind of hit every rung yeah. going up which I'm hoping leads to a long career as opposed to a you know I think I, I truly believe it will. I mean, yeah. And also, the great thing about what you've done, especially, is you're learning as yeah, you go along. Totally, totally. And therefore, to be on that fourth rung, you've earned your, you feel as a person and as a human yeah, <laughs> that you've earned you've, your place on that fourth yeah. rung. You've so gone through you, the ranks. Yeah, you? you go th- exactly. You go yeah. through the ranks. Yeah. And did you feel now? A real passion for it. Yeah. Did you feel this was yeah. this was a need? This is something that you yeah. really needed and I to, do to do now. It. And especially theatre, it was all about theatre. I wanted to be. I wanted to be Branner. Did you? Again, when I worked with him, I told him. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I want. Yeah, I wanted to be Ken Branner. I wanted my own theatre company. I wanted to do the things he did. I wanted to. Um. I don't know. I just it was all it was all theatre based back then because I mean, we didn't have any tele training. I think we had a day's tele training at uh, on my deg- yeah, degree course. We had a day. It's, it's a few hours. Yeah, it's it's a few hours. I don't know if it's changed. It's got to change. It must have, must yeah, have changed. Yeah. But it was a, definitely a, a theatre training. I remember. I remember my. Um, I remember Wiley once saying to me in the first year of Arden. He said. Uh, he said, "Oh, and I, I, I tried to be knowledgeable." And he said, "Oh, John, uh, cheek by jowl." Uh, Royal Exchange, you need, you need to go. And I went, oh yeah, I know. I've, um, I'm a big fan of that play. I've read it. And he went, well, I said, I've read, I've read it. It's a great, it's a great, classic that it's one. It's a great play. 
No, the theatre company. <laughs> it's a bit like when I went for an audition um, at this open air theatre, and I thought the audition was for a um, a play about rugby lads called the Changing Room. Right, and it was actually the Changeling, <laughs> and I'd got the information wrong and uh, read the wrong play. <laughs> I understood why they wanted to be for a rugby player, but not, yeah, not the changeling. <laughs> you should be in a rugby player. Let's make that happen. Titus Andronicus in a rugby player, <laughs> double bill. Double bill. Because, you know, you said, and I know um, that you have gone through the ranks, as, as we would say, but how do you deal with when you're stalled, you can't, you can't get up to the next one, or things aren't coming in, or... Work is not there because that's not only is that hard for us, for, and certainly for anybody as as human beings, but you've got bills to pay, you've got family, yeah. and do you know what? Um, I'm 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 incredibly incredibly lucky. It ties back to Barnsley in in many ways. I'm incredibly lucky that I've got a randomly got a voiceover career. Yeah. That just just happened really, and 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 you know, I work. I don't get me wrong. I work hard at the voiceovers. You know, I, a lot of people don't even watch them. I, I watch the documentary. I work on it. I work on the script, and I go in and I and, and I kind of graft even at uh, you know a documentary because I believe you should have respect for the project you, you're working on. But let, let's 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 be honest about it. My the reason I've got a, a voiceover career is is down to a lot of things that have nothing to do with me. It's down to where my voice sits. Yeah. Down to where my accent is from where I grew up, from where I've travelled that have affected my voice and changed it and everything like that. And also then down to the fact that it's it, it, for some reason people like the sound of it. All those things. Had I been from somewhere else, potentially I might not now have. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really aware of that. And no matter how much work, hard work I put in, I'm, I'm, re- I'm really aware that I'm a, the reason I have that is a collective of lots of different things that were out of my control. So for the last seven or eight years, I suppose, because I've had the voiceovers fall back on and, and, it's, and the pressure's been really off for me. I've just had a... I, I, and I like talking about it because a lot of people go, you're, nev- you're never out of work, you are never out of work, blah, blah, blah. You know? And I like talking about this because... Because it's nice for us. We never talk about being out of work because we do. We do, do on this do podcast. Brilliant. Oh yeah, it's all. It's all about I think it's, it's important because that's because it's honest. And then everybody out there who's sat there going, "Oh God, they're always in work." They go, "Oh my God, it is. It's normal." Do you know what I mean? So I finished Gunpowder, and then I was out of work to the day almost eight months, and nothing at all for eight months, and just going, this is it, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't that I wasn't getting auditions, I was getting auditions and getting no's. Yeah. And, you know, every time. The, the worst thing for the worst thing for me, and I know I've gone a bit forward and I'll come come back, but um, the worst thing for me is is going into an audition and feeling like you have to start again. And no matter how long, I, I've got, I've got a ridiculously time, long though? CV. And to go in and people go, what have you been up to? Or, and you go, don't ask me that. Listen, come on, let's just, let's just, Let's just, the let's just do the let's just do the piece, and you know if you want to work with me, yeah, work with me. If not, not. And that I find that I find it really hard that every time, and it must be the I think it's the only job I can think of where you are judged quite a lot on a meeting, as opposed to or on your very last piece of work, as opposed to your career. 
You know, and if you if you had a builder that, if we were builders that had predominantly for twenty five years turned up, grafted, done done the work they're supposed to have done, left a really good job, left the house nice and tidy, yeah. and done and done your job that you meant to do, we'd be wall to wall employed. Yeah. And but because we're we're who we are, yeah. every time you then finish a job, you feel you you start again, right at the very bottom. And you can play the lead in, in something. You play a massive part in gunpowder. Then three weeks after it's been on, you get a phone call for, for two lines in a massive series, which is yeah. what happened to me. Yeah. And would I come in and audition for two lines in a new six-part series? And what do you say when things I like that come in? I told my agent to tell him to fuck off. Yeah. Um, and quite right so. Yeah, and I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that in the past. I would have gone up for it and, and, and met. But now... Now I'm older, I kind of feel a little bit like, you know what, you've got to now... You, you, you can't take the piss like that, you can't, you know, I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't, you, again, to the builder analogy, I wouldn't then go to him and go, hey, mate, you know you just did that loft for me, really nice, beautiful loft extension, and restored that 17th century ch- church for me. I've got a shelf that needs putting up. Um, would you come and put this shelf up for me? That is a perfect Because that builder's going to say, I've just restored that 17th century chapel for you. Yeah. You want me to do it? This is you now want that me to shelf. do a shelf. No. No. Get somebody else, get somebody who's just come out to do a shelf. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you know and I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit too brusque or brusque. I, d- I really about don't think it, you are. I really don't think you I, are. I, I think it happens all the time. Yeah. I think it's because not only do we have to have that fact that when we do start a new job on that first day, it is like the first day of school. Totally. Every and every single time. I know that everybody in that room even some of the biggest names yeah. are shit in it. Yeah, and totally. they're nervous and they want to yeah. try and do the best that they can yeah. and get on. But it is like starting the first day. So again, you know, and going into that audition room, just I'm just joking around. Again, I think I've got to go back to the exam room situation yeah. with you. Yeah. It's like we're told to do that at that point. Yeah. And it's all or nothing. It, it is all. It does feel like don't cock this up. This is your this is your chance, and especially the worst thing is, is when it's a project that you really love. I know or you've read, and you go, "I really desperately want to do this." And I'm the first person in the world who will go if I see somebody better than me get it. I will go, "Totally brilliant, absolutely yeah. better than me, bang on." They should have it. That's absolutely. And, and I and I always I feel better if somebody or not that better, I like not gets better, it, but certainly fitted, more or, suited, yeah, or, yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not. And there's sure nothing I better. In. There's nothing better than. Believing somebody else, somebody made the right choice, or it's you know it's somebody that you whose work you respect and like and yeah. you enjoy. And you well, you always go. It. Well, I certainly don't go. Oh, well, at least it was it <laughs> yeah. was A, B, or C because <laughs> yeah. I love them. And yeah. if I was directing, yeah. I'd cast That's them well over me yeah. any day of the week. And brilliant. When you see them in a series, you go, "They're all oh, right. They're on a series for nine, nine months. Brilliant. They're taking it. <laughs> I'm getting in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think it's. I think it's good. To talk about being unemployed and and all but that. It's about and, how you deal with it as yeah. well. Because I, I used I used to drop into depths of awfulness and just. I think it's what's hard is that it's 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 impossible to not take personally. No matter no matter how long you've been doing it, it's impossible not to take a no as. As as you not being good enough, yeah. and and no matter if they come back and they say it's wrong, whatever, and that they've moved yeah. on, it's you not you. Still go, you know. And the worst is when you get 
the, the notes back saying, oh, loved you, oh. thought you were amazing. Because now my agent, I've said to him, just say yes or no. Don't That's finish the I sentence want. if you're going to say that. all I want to hear. I just yeah. want to hear yes or no, and then I can move on. And um, how do you feel with not hearing? I think it's the rudest thing in the world. But you've worked. I hate. You've worked for, you I know, possibly 48 hearing. hours, you know, in advance yeah. on something you've learnt could be yeah. any amounts of dialogue. Yeah. So you've you put your work in there. Yeah. You go in, you do the best that you can possibly do, possibly uh, do, and also what you've thought would be right and show what you can bring. Yeah. And your instincts to this character, you've done that, work's gone in. Nothing back. Nothing. Not, then, in, not even a no. And then three weeks later, you're phoning your agent, have you heard, have we heard anything about that? I'll chase them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a no. But what about when you don't, when you genuinely... Don't ever hear don't until you see it on the telly. Ever hear Yeah, yeah, I've had, I've had quite a few of them. The, what, what, what upsets me the most is that, is that you've taken time away from being with your kids. yeah. Um, you've taken time away from, you know, doing the mundane stuff or whatever, cooking time the tea, family, cooking the tea, bath time, all these things, and you've worked, you've grafted on it. And I think what's often not thought about is that when you get an audition and you, the pages are getting more and more and more now, aren't Which they, for they auditions, are, yeah. yeah. And they take you longer to learn. And you spend a long time, you put a lot of time in to getting a job that you, inside you think, I'm probably not going to get this. It doesn't matter because you're representing who you are as an artist. And you have to yeah, go, well... And you've still got to be... I, if I don't put this work in now, and I yeah. go into that room, yeah. the one thing they'll remember is that I was shit. Yeah. Or it looked wor- even worse. It looked that I didn't care, didn't care. about what I'm yeah. going to represent. Yeah. yeah. And I do not want that. To- yeah. No, it's our own stuff that's on display, isn't it? Yeah, of course. It, well, it always tapes, is. And it's taped, and it's there somewhere, and it's yeah. out there, and... yeah. Uh, no, it's. I. I don't think there's a better way of doing it. I, I, I can't think of a better way of doing it. I. I sometimes like self tapes and I dislike them. Uh, it causes an argument every time we do it at home because obviously <laughs> I don't phone up mates, but I get you my been, wife. You, what you've been around my house? It sounds like what's going on with me, <laughs> Sean? Can we do self tape? All oh, right. The but, kids come down all the time. But I understand what you mean there because even though it's there's more and more with self taping now, but in a way. I'm a hundred percent invested in control, and yeah, but I have a complete control totally. about what takes yeah. we use, yeah. and in in a uh, an industry of no control, so yeah. what we have, yeah. this is some sort of control. But I'm willing to leave it and throw it away a bit more self tape. I, I don't am, know I why. Am as well. I am as well. I think you. Be, I think you're slightly less invested in it as well. Aren't why you? is that though? Because we we work just as hard. Yeah, but we're not going in. Do you know what I think, it, I think it is? Is that you go in a room, um, you, you go in a room and you sit down opposite someone. I've just had it for, for an audition, and you make a connection with somebody across the table, yeah. and they say something to you that you've not thought about, and you get excited because you suddenly get everything starts to come alive again, and all the muscles that have sat dormant yeah. for eight, eight months, you start to go, "This guy's asking me to to do something I've done in a while," and you I go, thought "Oh about yeah, come yeah. on," and you start to. You start to get animated. I yeah. do, and I got. No, I just too. worked with this one director on an audition, and I came out the audition like I'd done a week's run of a play. I, I came out just going, I don't care if I get it or not, because that was that was brilliant, and it's made me feel 
And it's funny, isn't it? Because I know the uh, Americans say, we've got a different culture. I mean, the Americans, they'll go to courses and they'll go, you know, train things. And we just don't. We, we leave drama college and we go, dunk, done. And we see it almost like a stepping back if you've got to go back and suddenly do a course in something. But there is something to be said, I think, for changing our attitudes towards that and regularly keeping up to date with yeah. the, with the stuff, really. Well, because everything's changing around yeah, us. Yeah, totally. We're, we're now not the 20 year olds no I know <laughs> <laughs> we're not that anymore I uh, know uh, <laughs> but you know what I, I'm alright with that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I'm alright I'm alright with that now Sean good thank you so much man brilliant mate and there we go the episode where one probation worker met another probation worker. What a sound geezer Sean Dooley is. Sean, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being you and being open and honest. It, you know, it still baffles me. Not baffles me. I suppose it's, it's quite a big ask, I think, to come on and be open and, and honest and not put on an, a, a version of yourself, just be you and talk about your personal life and your, I don't know, your hopes and your worries and your fears and laying it all bare to be documented. It is a big ask, but people do it. And, you know, it's, it's been said before by a few of our guests, they, they feel like it's some sort of creative therapy. I don't know, but whatever it is, we love doing it and we love having brilliant guests on. So thanks to all our guests that have been on so far. Now, speaking of guests, I was going to tell you who our guests are for Bath Festival in May. Now, if you've got tickets, brilliant. If you were thinking, Craig, I'm not sure if I want to travel to Bath and get the ticket. If you're not going to tell me who it is, well, don't worry. I'm going to tell you right now. If I tell you, they're a brother and sister writing and acting combo, right? They're in BBC's acclaimed This Country. Hmm? Are you with me? It's Charlie and Daisy May Cooper joining us for the Two Shot Podcast live at Bath Festivals. It's going to be absolutely Brilliant. I'm so excited they're on. I'm a big fan of the show. I'm a big fan of them. And we're going to get down to it. We're going to have a right good natter. So go to bathfestivals.org. Grab your tickets quick because it is going to sell out. And that is it. That is episode 35 with Mr. Sean Dooley done. So until next week. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know where to find us, don't you? We're on Twitter, at Two Shot Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, at Two Shot Pod. If you want to get in touch, drop us an email there. Oh, no, drop an email. Drop us an email at Two Shot Pod. Why do I always get this wrong? Honestly, I think producer Griff thinks I'm doing this on purpose, and I'm really not. I always forget the email. It's Two Shot Pod at gmail.com that's where we get the emails send them we love hearing from you and until next week i've been greg parkinson he's been producer griff and this has been 
the Two Shot Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. You take care. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. <laughs>